Hi, Eddie here. Red and I have used Zencaster to record all of our episodes of Punk Rock Elite because it's easy, browser-based, and it gives us separate tracks that are easy for me to edit. It can also be used for 4K video too. Maybe we'll try that one day. It's really easy to use. It can do a lot of the editing for you, clipping out your ums and ahs, and adding an EQ to bring out the best in your voice, all from a single website. If you want to make a podcast but aren't sure how to go about it, then Zencaster provides everything you need to record, edit and distribute your new show to Spotify, Apple and a ton of other places that people get their podcasts. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use our code PUNKROCKELITE and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Punk Rock Elite, a podcast about no effects. I just get the feeling we should be doing something about like a proper punk band. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Shit ones no one's heard about. Mm. Someone has been on top of the pops. Right. Yeah. So like one of those, like one of those punk bands that your dad somehow knows about. One of them that, that they might have a song on the ultimate, that's what I call St. Father's Day driving anthems. Yeah. CDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you mean. You know, like, um, you know, you've gone around your uncle, he's washing the car, and he's somehow got them on his T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's he's he's, he's washing his car, the stereo's on, uh, and he's there, Yeah, somewhat really punk like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like the biggest, who are the biggest crossover punk back? Uh, we'll, we'll stop teasing we're talking about the offspring today we are we're talking about the offspring uh specifically the album smash smash from 1994 we've been threatening for the past couple of episodes mm-hmm. and indeed a few before christmas that 2024 will be the year that this podcast punk rock elites with me eddie french and me red redmond will go and look at what happened 30 years ago the year punk broke according to the documentary 1994 <laughs> and they've and they put forward a very strong case, so I'm not going to argue with them. Uh, so this was one of those big breakthroughs. This is, um, oh, I tell you what, I bet Brett Gerwitz off of Bad Religion was absolutely pissing himself laughing when he realised that Smash, an album on his label, was selling faster than they could print the damn things. Mm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so this is uh, another episode of Peer Pressure. We um we'll level with you. The last one of peer pressure we did was from 1994 and was rancid, and it's a pure coincidence the fact that it happened to be from the year that we're going to be talking about mainly this year. <laughs> so uh, that was just a happy accident. Another epitaph uh, release. We'll talk about all of that in there, but uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be uh, chatting about. So um, I, and uh, we recorded this a while ago, so I can't remember uh what we talked about. But uh, were you uh, were you big into uh, Offspring? I, yeah, but in the same way that, you know, a lot of other, um, you know, 10-year-olds in, in the UK were, you know, we'd heard uh, that song about getting a job 
and yes. the the Obla other dee, one, da. yeah, about you know giving it to them, baby. Yes. Um, but you know, I actually hadn't listened to this album all the way through until uh, we did the research for this episode. Yes. So uh, and and it's uh, it's sort of it was a big it was a big hit um, because 1994. I think everyone was looking for. Well, we've got no Nirvana anymore. Yeah. Like an old wartime song. Yes, we have no Nirvana. <laughs> Nirvana had gone and everyone was going, well, what's the next big thing in alt music? Alt yeah. Big in the 90s, wasn't it? A lot of alt. Mm. What's this? Is it rock? Mm, alt rock. Well, all right, then. <laughs> you know, rock was like Bon Jovi, another sort of fairly mm-hmm. not not for me very very sort of clean thin weedy stuff to my ears. <laughs> like sonically um there may have been some but you know and lots of lots of guys from places where there's no history of cowboys being cowboys yeah uh, los angeles new jersey like just where all the cowboys lived, you know, um, <laughs> cowboy country. So, yeah, and then uh, and then some, you know, some nerds from California turned up and uh, did um, did a punk at them, and yeah, it was very good. And I think, yeah, well, we talk about the record anyway. How have you been, Red? You've been okay. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Doing. Uh, Doing all right. It's getting it's getting closer to when um, to when uh, my shows are coming up, so that's making me feel um, uh, nervous. So, yeah. So, you, have you got Leicester and Glasgow Comedy Festival coming up? I've got Leicester at the end of February, Glasgow at the end of March, and we okay. are currently sitting at the end. Well, late January. Okay. It's going to be like well, today's coming out on the twenty second, so there's still like a. Yeah, no, there's only one one full week left of January, so... Okay, great. But that's all right. But uh, if you're listening to this on the day of airing, um, the day after this comes out on Tuesday, I'll be at Verve in Leeds to do uh, a preview of this. The last preview I have booked in, I might manage to find another one if I'm very lucky, um, before I uh, go to Leicester and do that, so... Uh... Really wish I hadn't. I had. I could have uh, built it as a work in progress for Leicester, but uh, I didn't because I thought if I do that, I just won't do any prep. Yeah, um, true. Because I, if you give me the opportunity to do less work, I will take the opportunity to do less work. Um, <laughs> even if I, even if I enjoy the work, I will go. Oh, do you know what? That's fine. So yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to be strict with myself. Um, and then I've got Brighton coming up, but that's not until May, so mm-hmm. that's a bit of way away. Oh, I'm actually going to be in February. Uh, in February, I'm going to be in Leicester um, a week before the show as well, doing yes. comedy arcade um, for uh, Vix Layton. Uh, so yeah, but you can find all the information for that in the link tree and all the links and stuff like that. Have you got anything fun coming up? Um, what have I got coming up? Oh, I'm going on like holiday in a few weeks and I can't wait. Cool, um, where are you going? I'm going to Portugal. Wow. Um, just uh, with, with my partner and uh, my parents, I'm going to eat some chicken. Right, read okay. some books and do nothing else. 
Okay, so you've you've just you've just carved out a. It was like Portugal is chicken time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's where piri piri comes from, you know. Sure, sure. Now I'm 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 familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because uh, uh, when I lived in Spain, no one liked piri piri because the Spanish are very bad at spicy food. They don't like yeah. it at all. <laughs> they they are absolute. It was imp- I mean, it took me over a year to find an Indian restaurant in Madrid. Oh really? Yeah. That's just, just, there are a a, a fair well, amount of Indian restaurants in Portugal. Um, they they understand what to do with spice more. They are they are I, much better at it. Then again, I'm talking about the Algarve. I mean, that's just it's you know infested with with British people, isn't it? That's probably why they've got curry houses. I I am yeah. I imagine that if I'd have if I'd have lived in the south of Spain, anywhere where there was a beach that <laughs> attracted Anglo's, I imagine there would have been more, but. In the um, in the massively overlooked capital, the only nation's capital in mainland Europe that is ignored, um, <laughs> which is a very strange situation. But you know, people go, "Well, I'm not going Spain. I'm not going beach because what? Well, I'm not a dickhead." So um, yeah, but it was good actually because it meant that none of the tourists that I used to lead on tours, very few of them were actually from the UK, which meant they actually tipped. So worked out better for me so uh yeah no that's cool all right nice one well well you'll have to let me know when you are going away so we can make provisions it's just a few days so it shouldn't be too much of an issue oh right oh well, fair enough then only going for a few days goodness me mm-hmm. um hardly seems worth the effort but or is that just how long you can stand being around your just own parents got, gone on I... monday back on saturday um oh, you know like i didn't want to take too many holidays from like days from work and gotcha gotcha no i know that some people find uh parent related stuff they go yeah no i'm going to i'm going to limit that for my (laughs) mine and their well-being it's sort of you know you get older you come to an arrangement with your parents you go yeah assuming they're they're in your life you go okay now we we now know how to be around one another (laughs) and more importantly when to not my fiance is very like extroverted so like when we go out for family meals, I don't really have to talk. Like she can just do it, and it's that's like, true. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah, no, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah, good. Yes, well, that's exciting. Well, um, we um, we'll we'll ask this now, I suppose. Um, we are going to be doing more 1994 albums. Which mm-hmm. punk albums from 1994 do you think we should be talking about? Podcast at gmail.com. Important questions. Important questions. That's what we're going to do. So if you want to let us know about that, then uh, keep in mind, we'd like it to be from 1994. None of this, oh, this was really, but it really didn't. 1994, please. Come on. We've got a theme running and there's plenty. (laughs) I've had a cursory glance. There's a load of them. Um, so, um, and don't come running to us in 2025 going, I've just thought of one. Mm, Sus guys, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. I'm getting so, uh, I don't know. I'm getting so petulant with you, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, enjoy. We're going to jump into smash right now, uh, or pass. No, 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 no. Let's smash. Yeah, no, let's we're smash. Gonna, let's we're smash. gonna smash. So, um, if we did that joke in the main body of the episode, we did it ages ago. We're sorry. So, um, uh, here it is. Uh, enjoy. Yeah. 
Here we are having another game of Smash or Pass. <laughs> we spend most of our time in between shows pointing at people, demanding to know whether we'd fuck them or not. <laughs> That's quite quite a, a, a plot twist for the Punk Rock Elite um, vibe. It, yeah, we're, we're a remarkably chaste podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've just inserted a huge amount of uh, suggestion. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you know what? I think it's because um, whenever we do something that isn't about no effects, it feels like the last day of term. Right. Like the yeah. last day of school. Like we're all, we've, we've brought in 50p. We can wear our own clothes. We've got board games. <laughs> so it feels like we're not doing proper work um, <laughs> a little bit. Because today we're talking about Smash by Offspring or The Offspring. They added a the, or they took away a the at some point. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, because if you look at the cover of Smash, it just says Offspring. Oh, how interesting. So at this stage of their career, they're, they're just plain old Offspring. Yeah. Just, just like, like Pixies. Yeah. And then they changed it at some point. x on the Ombre was the next one. Oh, that's the Offspring. So between Smash... And Ixnay on the Ombre, they changed to The Offspring. Right. Okay. So, well, let's have a, a bit of background on uh, when did you find out about Offspring, Red? Um, I mean, like, uh, I was about to say I can't remember a time I didn't know The Offspring. But I think, actually, I, I, I do know roughly. I, I wouldn't know exactly what age I was. Probably be around, like, the age of, like, 10 or something. And um, it was around the time when some of their like more big radio hits were on on the air. I think it was a little bit after Pretty Fly, but maybe around Why Don't You Get a Job, that sort of... Oh, okay. So we're talking about 1998 or 99. Yeah, yeah so I would have been eight or nine then, potentially. Because they did, they did three singles for Americana. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so why don't you get a job? Was the second one I think, and Americana right, yeah. was released in November '98. So we're probably looking at '99 for you. And Americana is an album that I, uh, I I didn't own, but was one that I came very close to buying on several occasions. <laughs> wow! Do you, have, do you have any of those albums what, where, like, there were ones you back where you from were the like, brink. you were almost like, mm, should I? I? Because at the time, I bought a lot of albums that were. Um, uh, you, you know how in in Dinosaurs Will Die, no effects say, oh, we're going to make albums with more than one good song? I, I, I just... do, and well done for making this slightly about no effects. That should keep the, the hardcore <laughs> fans uh, sorted, yeah. But but at the time, I just bought a lot of albums with one good song on. Uh, the, the one that most sticks out is like, uh, and I know this was quite, this was a while afterwards, but um, uh, One by One, by Foo Fighters, you know, all my life is is a great track, but then, then there's just the other tracks that are just there. Yeah, I mean, at least it had one good song on it, so it puts it head and shoulders above some. Yeah, you you don't even like some of their good albums. <laughs> I do you know what I'm? I am super basic. I like the first two, and since then, I've not liked a full album by them particularly. But fair enough. It's it, I've 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 not hated anything they've done. I've just gone Meh. Yeah. like they they all seem cool. It's like it's not a 
some people have taken real umbrage with my feelings on Foo Fighters because I think people who love them fucking love them. <laughs> and if you're anything less than boiling hot in their favor, they get very upset. And, and, and I've seen a lot of Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters was my, my first ever live uh, gig. I saw them at Wembley when oh, I was wow. like 11. Wow. Uh, and then I, I've seen them at Glastonbury and I saw them at Etihad Stadium a few years ago. Uh, g- great band. Sure. Um, one of those bands that like, they really can do three hours. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of the, like, I wasn't, you know, I'm not a diehard Foo Fighters fan. So at like two hour mark, I'm like, really guys, you can do a mm-hmm. fucking a whole other hour of this? Sure. <laughs> but to be honest, they can I'd, do it. I'd just be waiting for like ever long and then holding out to see if they can do my hero as well. And then I'm like, oh. do you know what? If you do this as a call as well, oh, that'll just be a just be a little yeah. bonus for me. Or yeah, uh, what's I, what's the I, other one? I think I've uh, seen them play all three of those at all three times I've seen them. Fair enough. I can't remember the other one. It's like na 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 na. I don't know you anything. That one. Oh, I don't even I know. I forgot the name of it. It's on the first album. It's really good. Oh, okay, sure. Um. Anyway. We're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about some other. <laughs> no, massive, we're, not. we're here to talk about some other massive, internationally successful stadium-filling rock stars. Well, I think a good way to set it out is obviously we've done a peer pressure episode before. This is what mm-hmm. we're calling these episodes where we review albums adjacent to No Effects, and we did Rancid's "Let's Go," yeah, um, which was released 1994 on Epitaph, and also because I think "Let's Go" deserves a bit more time in the sun. Mm. Um, but basically we're sort of looking at the first handful of peer pressures are going to be those bands that were there with no effects around 1994 on Epitaph and Rancid and Offspring were two of those and this is this is a contemporary album this album is contemporary with Punk and Drublick with Green Day's Dookie yeah with absolutely all of that stuff the year that Punk broke is uh, what they called it so 8th of april 1994 mm-hmm. um uh, it was recorded oh, it was recorded january and february or between somewhere in january and february 1994 recorded in north hollywood track record uh produced by tom wilson what else has tom done uh producer and engineer various artists such as dead kennedys tsol doa bad religion the joy killer social distortion the vandals christian death automatic ah. seven face to face and the bouncing souls so so good company there absolutely and i think like dead kennedys and tsol would have been a big deal for and the others as well but that would have been a big deal for uh, offspring I believe mm-hmm. uh, it's not on this one, but they they have Jello Biafra on their next album, uh, doing some stuff on there. So, you know, that's what they're uh, they're doing. So, it's uh... actually really interesting that you say that because uh, before listening to this album, I wouldn't have really clocked Offspring as Dead Kennedy fans necessarily, but uh, having listened through Smash, I can certainly see the influence there. Yes, well, we've got uh, this album is. I mean, it says it's forty six minutes, but there is a sort of um, there's the last track is ten minutes long, even though it's only less just under three minutes because there's a few hidden tracks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. we're looking at a thirty five minute, or yeah, maybe a forty minute album, uh, which is fairly lengthy. 
Yeah, I, th- right. I think it's 46, okay. but there's a secret track, isn't there? I just said that. Oh, I'm sorry. You're all right. Um, <laughs> so, um, and to be honest, the first track uh, is a, a 25 second spoken yes. word intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of uh, one of the first things I'll say is that um, I've got very limited patience when it comes to that kind of thing. Are you talking about the opening uh, uh, sort of? Ah, Time to relax. Sit back. (laughs) Enjoy yourself. Why not undo your pants? Hey, nobody's here. Put a hand down the front. It'll be comfy. Mm, Or whatever it is. I I actually thought that's how we were going to open the episode. (laughs) (laughs) My my disdain for it means that I didn't even think of that as a joke. (laughs) I... It's fine. It's not. It's twenty five seconds long. It's whatever. But it's it's not quite as good as "Hey kids, do you want to go to the punk rock show?" Is it? Again, I could still take or leave that. But Ooh. but that's a lot shorter. Mm. That's maybe ten seconds at most. I I, I genuinely like that no it, effects intro. It, it works. Where I do think this is a little bit cringe. This one. I don't know, but but it's like a. a they come back to it. We'll get to it there yeah. when they come back to it. But so the first track proper. But the thing is, the first track starts so well. Imagine pressing play and getting nitro brackets, youth energy being the mm-hmm. first thing you get out of there. The drum, the drum fill with the uh, the kick drum back in it. It's it's just it's great. It it does seem an odd way to introduce a track like this. Talk, talking about track one. Because, like, if if your track two is, as you said, Nitro, you know, like, great great track, like, really nice, fast and heavy. Uh, I, I'm a bit confused why they've gone with the outset of, like, it's time to sit back and relax. I, I, think, the, I think that's the joke. Yeah, I think you're right. And, <laughs> and, and all I can say is that it, it is a joke by Freud's definition of incong- incongruity theory. Mm-hmm. which is that you would be led to believe that you were going to be listening to some easy listening music if it weren't for the fact that you're listening to an album with like a weird x-ray of a skellington on the front <laughs> that was called smash <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm being very picky because i do find it kind of annoying but at least it's a separate track you can just can just skip it but youth energy, great! I love this. Good, uh, lovely bit of uh, lovely bit of business here. All of the um, the the riff is really, really, really good, and it does feature a huge amount of woes. Yeah, because you know, you'd I... be up, by at this point, you'd be upset if they weren't including them. You'd think that they'd sold out. <laughs> so strongly is the woe. What, what, what are your feelings on this one? Uh, yeah, I think it, it does what it kind of says in its title. I, th- I think this first one is a little bit of youth energy. It's nice to hear a younger offspring, certainly uh, a faster offspring, and a slightly more in-tune Dexter than the uh, the current um, <laughs> uh, live appearances. Although I have actually heard, I do want to um, walk that back a little bit, because I've heard that currently offspring do sound good, but about five years ago, Dexter was having a lot of vocal issues. He 
He's got a very distinct voice. You can tell it's him. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it, it, his vo- it's very clearly... They could change their guitar tones, they could do all sorts of stuff, but it would sound like Offspring if when he starts singing. I, I don't dislike his voice, but there's a part of me that's always just feels like he's really, like, taking it past its own limits, but not in a sort of a healthy, controlled way. Okay, yeah. And yeah. the reason I think that is that you can hear that this that a lot of his vocal tracks, not necessarily on this one, but certainly on later ones, like Americana's really full of it, they're comped tracks, they're composites. So yeah. he'll sing a line and then he'll sing another line and they'll put them together. And because they overlap one another, you can hear that they're doing that. So it's sort of, I don't know how that gets sung live and stuff, but... It does sound good. That's the thing. His voice sounds really good throughout this whole album. Absolutely, uh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I think, uh, I think really, really good. Um, and and I, I think I, as well, like on a, like listening through this, uh, I'm kind of struck by. I, I think that he does have one of the most recognizable voices of this period, like uh, arguably mm-hmm. more so than you know, Fat Mike, who we love. Yep. Um, uh, arguably more so than Billy Joe. I mean, I'd say they're both very distinctive in their own way. They sound nothing like one another. No, yeah. But I, I think, uh, I think sometimes, certainly with what I've heard from that era, the sort of also ran type bands that never quite made it. Mm-hmm. You hear a bits that here and there. They might not be musically wildly different riffs and stuff like that, but this sounds like a band. Whereas sometimes it just sounds like some band, you know, some bands just sound like some band. This sounds like Offspring for better or for worse. And that's really, really good because people can identify it and they go, oh, that's Offspring. They're one of my favorite bands. Or they go, oh, for fuck's sake, it's Offspring. I hate them. But either way, you know that it's them. Um, And, uh, you know, I I remember I, I, I heard the Americana stuff first when I... So the and I thought it was okay. I thought it was a bit goofy. The get that on there, baby. Yeah. Like, even though I really like the riff, like when the actual song starts proper, it was like that's quite fun. And then I remember thinking that, oh god, why don't you get a job? I'm like, oh, oh bloody, oh bloody, life goes on. Oh, why don't you get a job? It was. I didn't like it at all. And then um, the kids aren't all right came out, and all right, it's a bit Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, but I was like, this is good. Yeah, yeah, that is a the opening track. riff is really cool, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, I understand. I, I think I get this now. And and a friend of mine said, uh, oh yeah, they had an album that was really good a few years ago called Smash. And I was like, all right, well, go on then. And then I and I got it on that recommendation, and I was like, this is this is really good. And so maybe back then, because I thought they were super goofy, yeah, just a little bit of, ah, time to relax. I was like, oh, it's only a little bit of that. Okay, well, that's fine. It was so diluted that I was all right with it. But I'm I'm older and less pleasant now, so I don't uh, enjoy things as much, maybe. But, <laughs> but um, uh, Bad Habit, if you've seen them live, you'll have heard this one, definitely. Yeah, I, I thought um, 
uh, I was, I was, I was taken aback when I first heard this because a, a lot of the tracks on Smash I, I, I haven't heard before. I'm going into this relatively fresh. There's a couple tracks I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was when the when the track started, I was like, oh, it's interesting um, to suddenly drop the tempo here at like. Um, I know it's track three, but it's it's technically it's the, the second track. It's the second song, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did think when it started, I was like, oh, how interesting that you'd like start a bit, go, go slow here. Mm. Um, obviously, like the, the, the tempo picks up throughout the song, but like, um, and, it, and it is a, a really strong track on the album. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was just a, a little bit, um, I had a little bit of like a uh, whiplash when I first heard it, thinking like, oh, are we... Because the first track is like so fast and and straight to it, mm. um, I thought it was an interesting choice to start a little bit slower with this second one. You know, with just the bass. I don't understand why it's here. Because it's a great song. It is great. It is great. But you're right. The the and I've a couple of episodes ago, I couldn't remember this word, but the sequencing of the sure. album that's what nice. it's called when you choose which track goes after which one etc the sequencing on this album is curious mainly in that sense i think because i don't I yeah don't i don't think it's understand. bad it's just odd because it feels like you're getting going and then immediately drop like you say drops down to dum 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 you know it reminds me dum, of dum. um you know that that track halfway through "Relationship of Command" on uh, at the drive-in, where it all you can hear is rainfall, and then like the the, the bass line comes in. I, f- I forget exactly which one. Oh um, yeah, is that "Dancing on the Corpse's Ashes"? Uh, potentially, where he does a lot of like spoken spoken word in the verses, and that's yeah, 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 yeah. On the corpse's ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts screaming about a wishing well. It's yes. great, but that makes more sense because it's a lot more central or like we've had a lot more, I don't know, but I suppose that's, but then Relationship of, the, of Command is a much more but, varied sonically I, album than this. I think. I think they put it in the right place on Relationship of Command. Yeah. It's like right in the center of the album, but this at track three seems odd. It is, but I think, do you know what? They get away with it because it is they really do. that much fun. It's yeah. really good. And... Yeah, seeing him play it live, everyone sings, you stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> From, you know, great. Can't can't really argue. And then, yeah, it's it's really, this album is really sort of straightforward. There's very little in the way of like guitar solos. All the guitar work is like full chord riffs. Yeah. You know, all of those kind of things. Which is great because it sounds sort of sounds a bit bad religiony, and you've got that kind yeah, of absolutely it does, feeling yeah. going on, but with a very different another PhD uh, singer in punk in uh, Dexter. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had his PhD yet, but uh, neither did Graffin by this point. I don't believe. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Really, really strong first few here. Um, then we get to "Got to Get Away." Yeah, good stuff. It's a little slower, but it's a bit more consistently slower. Mm-hmm. It starts off with those lovely big sort of boomy drums. Um, the bass gets to show off a little bit as well. They're very generous to the bass player. Yeah, this is a good album for, for bass. It's not like super flourishy or like we're no. not talking Matt Freeman here, 
but the bass tone sounds good and they let the bass carry a lot of the intros and stuff like that it's um i i think there's a little bit of grunge influence going on here because yes i i think like they're almost using bass in a similar way to how pixies use it like it's not um it's not flashy but Mm. it's it's up front like you can hear it it's it has a very different style to the the guitars it's like the the quiet loud quiet thing they don't use clean guitars they just don't use guitars and then the bass because you've got that lovely ring ding 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 the vibe of this before the guitars join in and there's always that sort of middle eastern flair to offspring particularly on this album yeah they're like there's some there's some scale that they're using that sounds and they've done it before they had like a song called baghdad and They've had little flourishes of this sort of Middle Eastern scale that they use and stuff. And, uh, is, and is, it, that, got... is that due to anyone in the band's heritage? or Not that I'm aware of, no. Um, I What nationality is noodles? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't... Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Asian? I don't know. It's, uh, I think apparently noodles comes from the fact that he noodles on the guitar a lot. He's a oh, real yeah, sort of, of shreddy course. type guy. And uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just Googled noodles wiki as if that would definitely bring up the guitarist from the offspring. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know an awful lot about pastory strands. Good. No, um, I I think it was just just that they liked it. They thought it sounded good. Yeah. Really. Which is an interesting thing to have as a sort of... But again, it makes it sound like Offspring, so you're not going to miss it. If there's some sort of slightly weird scale going on, and it works really well, but I think this does have a bit more Nirvana influence yeah, in it. Yeah, I was just about to say, particularly in the vocals. Yeah. It's, it's very in utero to me. Um, yeah, I, I was getting... A, a, it sounds a little bit like uh, serve the servants in 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 parts and it does start off with that drum not the mm. same drum beat but a sort of yeah i think there's um there's something certainly in the slightly more slowed down approach as well yeah it, it, it's, it's quite Nirvana good never like, a re- oh, sorry. i i i just like um because normally on i think on this podcast when we hit like a slower track or like something at mid-tempo we're like Oh, oh no, mid tempos <laughs> here, but certainly not on this album. Like, there's no. a lot to their mid tempo songs. They're a, um, they're, they're great without having to be fast every time. And I think, it, and it adds a lot of texture and a lot of variety to the to the record because there's plenty of just really fast with that drum beat, mm. you know, the D beat and stuff like that. There's plenty of that on here. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. But I think. I think the more there's something about something Nirvana-y in that Nirvana weren't really a fast band. No, they had they had some fast. They songs. had like you know territorial pissings and yeah and things and, like that. Um, what was that one on um, one on in utero? Aneurysm? No, no, but aneurysm is my favourite Nirvana song. But that's yeah, quite great. slow. Yeah, it is. Um, it's great though. It is great. It's the one Silverchair had a song that was almost identical. I bet they it. did. Yeah, yeah. But it was <laughs> of the really fast one. I've totally forgotten its name. But um, but yeah, it's um, 
yeah so that i think i can't remember ignition to be honest um very well so there might have been some slower stuff on there as well but they're not afraid to sort of change that around and, and because they've got some other sort of rock influences and stuff i seem to recall they a friend of mine won tickets there was a basically a raffle to go and see them at the cockpit in leeds this was mm-hmm. after americana came out and the cockpit wow. was tiny and it was full gig but you had to win tickets and like radio one had some i think kerrang had some and uh, a mate of mine you could either win four or two and he knew, and it, and then my mate Ollie, he was like, I know that I'm going to win two or four because he was in some thing, some phone-in thing. It was Steve Lamack, maybe, something like that. And he basically said, right, well, if I, if I get four tickets, I'm going to take me, this guy, this guy, and Eddie. And if I only get two tickets, and obviously I'm going, and he just basically gave us two numbers each on a dice and rolled it. <laughs> And it wasn't me. Neither of my numbers came up. Yeah, he was gutted about it. He was really, he was really upset about it. He's like, I know you'd have loved it, but they played a Metallica song at this gig and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like, so it was really, really strange. Um, that must have been around two thousand, uh, something like that. But it would have been, uh, would have been very, very cool. But yeah, so they, they, they're a bit more. I think they're a bit less like. Well, certainly, Fat Mike talks about how much he hates metal, and he doesn't but it's funny to say, whereas uh, <laughs> offspring are a bit more like that. You, um, you, can, you can definitely hear the, the metal influence here, which is in, interesting to me as someone who's um, n- not listened to much offspring from around this period. Like it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear the metal influence. It's actually in a similar vein to like, you know, um, uh, I don't, like some 41 are very open about being like hugely influenced by like metal music. Um, yeah. And their lead guitarist, um, like he kind of mostly listens to metal and not really punk. And yeah. um, th- this has a similar vibe. Like the, I, I would have imagined the musicians that have made this music like metal. Yeah, uh, even though that it's not sort of very metallic sounding. It's no. very, it's actually kind of sludgier, grungier sounding. But it's, yeah. it's very like a lot of high gain stuff on here. But what yes. they're playing, they're not like chugging on the uh on the low e string and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah we got um another great track here genocide yeah really really good one the 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 lead riff on here i mean they they won't leave it alone it keeps on turning up on the rest of the album like super <laughs> pleased with it which i also find funny because you've got little motifs like running throughout it to the point where i think the first song on x on the ombre has like a weird version of this riff as the intro to the song. Oh, okay. It's it's so weird, and this is also the secret track, or one, or sort of a, a slower version of this, like a mute, palm muted version, comes after "Smash," the 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 title track. Mm. It's one of the two secret tracks on there. It's really strange. Um, "Change the World" is the name uh, of the album. Uh, name of the song on the next album that sounds like this it's it's really odd but i um it also has a brilliant one two three four sort of stab bit in the middle that i think is gives a real sense of like anticipation before the chorus yeah kicks in that you know dog eat dog every day and stuff there's 
There's some good gang vocal stuff going on on here as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, um, you know, the, the, this feels like a complete album. That, that might sound a bit silly. What I mean is, like, it doesn't sound like just a collection of songs that have been thrown together. Um, it sounds like a, a, a vision has been had. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, hard work has been done. Um, I mean, to compare it briefly to Let's Go, which we've uh, sure, sure. reviewed previously. The, that... the only other non-NoFX um, record we've got <laughs> uh, in our quiver. <laughs> that does feel like a collection of however many songs. I don't, is it 19 tracks? I know it's quite a lot. It's, I think it's 22. Yeah, that, that <laughs> does feel like 22 tracks, one after the other. Yeah, and I think the and I've learned this word now, so I'm going to keep on using it. The sequencing on "Let's Go" <laughs> is less vital than uh, because we said, you know, there was there was a song where they go, "That was the perfect end song," and then they play three more songs. Sure, and uh, and that's and do you know what? Again, look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, I like pizza. If you're going to give me more pizza, I'll have it. But those last <laughs> three slices, I'll I'll often regret those ones. Fair. But uh, yeah, so we've only got um, uh, we've only got like four musicians on this. There's no additional musicians. Mm-hmm. We've got additional vocalists, mm. but um, only in the spoken word sense. So Greg Kay playing bass uh, and backing vocals, Dexter Holland doing lead, backing vocals, rhythm guitar. Noodles doing lead guitar and backing vocals, and the drummer Ron Welty, W E L T Y Welty, doing drums and backing vocals. So I'm guessing the gang vocal bits are just the four of them stood around the thing, microphone, and all that kind of thing. Uh, Jason Blackball McLean, additional vocals on uh, Come Out and Play. Uh, Uncredited on this album, but does get mentioned on their greatest hits release. He was just a mate of theirs. Apparently, they bought him like a like a burger. <laughs> um, what? The the guy goes, "You gotta keep them separated." Oh, okay. They just they just, they like said, "Oh, do, do you want to do the? You got a good voice. Do you want to just say this?" And he's like, "Yeah, all right." And then they're like, "Oh, cool. Well, we're going to get lunch now. We'll get you a burger for doing the uh, doing the thing." Because <laughs> this this was before they were. This is the <laughs> this is the album that broke them. Yes, it had already been made by the time. Like I think I remember Dexter Holland talking in an interview about how he lived in this sort of fairly crummy apartment complex, and they'd released "Keep Them Separated," or "Come Out and Play," uh, whichever it's called. And he said that he was stood in his underwear, like eating a bowl of cornflakes or something. And people from the um, apartment complex were like looking through the window at him, and then at their telly. Because the video was everywhere, it like blown. He didn't even realize, and they're like, "How come the famous rock star guy is in his pants eating cornflakes <laughs> in our apartment building?" Because he had the long braids at the time as well, so he's quite a quite a, a, an easy to spot guy. <laughs> so, you know, just before you think that's a bit much, isn't it? That he does vocals on their big song, and they get him a burger. They didn't know this was going to be a big song when he did that. Does and, he get uh, royalties? Does he get several burgers every year? I think I think every year he gets <laughs> one burger off each member of Offspring. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, a guy called John Mayer oh, does the spoken words on "Time to Relax," "Genocide," and "Smash." 
not to be confused with um, Manchester stand-up comedian Jonathan Mayer. Who no, is a, a very, very I'd different love beast. it if Jonathan Mayer. Time to relax. You know, it, I think it would be it would sound a bit more threatening in a very very warm way. To, to those who, who who don't know Jonathan Mayer, he is absolutely wonderful. I'm yes. fortunate enough to be one of the acts on on my roster. He is very loud, uh, mm. very gay, um, mixed race uh, gentleman, and. I, I can't speak high enough of Jonathan. He is a wonderful no, person and human to be around. And I can't think of a record he'd be less excited about being on. <laughs> He's more of a Kate Bush fan. He is, yeah, yeah, that's true. We did talk about Kate Bush when uh, I drove him to Chippenham. I drove with him to Chippenham uh, and back again. But yes. Um, but do you know what? He wouldn't enjoy this album, but I think he would wish Absolutely them the best of luck. Would. So uh, that's what we're talking about. But yeah, so John John Mayer. But yeah, um, I believe at the end of Genocide, you get the, uh, well, that was a good one. Let's see what's next. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you doing that to one of the best songs on this album? Because <laughs> if I put this on a playlist now, I've got this. Uh, anyway, I... Look, if you love that, if this is your favourite thing about this album, do let us know. Punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. It's it is this is very much a personality fault of mine. I'm gonna put it out there, so don't at me. I know that I'm simply just not enjoying things for not I'm enjoying Switzerland on this. I, I'm not I'm not enjoying the these little additions, but they're they're also not ruining my life. It's the first one that Fair. annoys me the most. The other two are quite quiet. Oh, quite, not quite quiet. You can barely hear them. They're quite brief. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and I also think it's just mad that you've got Nitro and you don't like, open with it properly. <laughs> uh, something to believe in. A lot of woes on this one. This is, I think this is the weakest track on the album. Yeah. Maybe I, I, think, I think. Do you know what? Yeah, I don't think you're losing it, think... anything if you if you if you lose this track. No, I agree because it's quite long. It's a bit long. It's um, I've wrote it down in my notes actually because yes. it reminded me of a little bit of correspondence we'd had recently, where I can't remember which track. I think it's off either single or maybe double. Oh no, maybe it's on self entitled. But we were talking about a no effects track that sounded like a really average Bad Religion track. Was it Was it Highline up to their... Potentially. Up to their usuals. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. The, the commenter, yeah. Highline mentioned, he was like, I don't think we should hold that against no effects, uh, you know, them doing an average Bad Religion song, because let's remember that Bad Religion have done lots of average yeah, Bad 200 Religion 200 of songs. those, yeah. <laughs> and that did make me laugh, so... Um, yes. But... This is what I would consider to be a bad, bad religion song. Like, I don't think this is quite an average bad religion song. Because I think this album has got some really great backing vocals. The gang vocals, we've already said, is a highlight of this album. But yeah. I think this is the track where they over-egg it a little bit. It, do you know what it is? It, it's almost relying on the fact they go, well, people will just go, whoa, with us. It feels like yeah. if you asked me to add in woes to a track, because I have no like 
understanding of 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 that you know of where that should go like i i have very rudimentary music skills i can play guitar bass drums but not to a, a high standard and i can't read music um yeah. so it just feels like someone's had a bit of a fuck around yeah i'm not imaginative enough to come up with what should be those backing vocals <laughs> um but i do know that they compared to the rest of this album it's it's a bit of a poor show mm. Because there is some really strong um, backing vocals here. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed listening to this again. I wish I'd listened to it uh, maybe one or two more times yeah. in the in the lead up to this. But um, I did enjoy listening to it again because I listened to this a lot when I was younger because um, you had to buy the albums and so you had to have money before you could get a new one. Hmm. And therefore, you even if something you thought was okay, you'd listen to it just in case it got good because you'd already spent money on it so um and i think that i don't know if they thought they're just going to slip this one in between genocide and come out and play yeah to sort of i don't know so that people would still be on a high from genocide um and uh yeah hope you like my genocide is a a <laughs> great lyric it's um and i think that that's also where the dead kennedy's influence comes in yeah i was gonna, yeah there's there's hope a little you like bit my genocide you can imagine jello saying that absolutely poser is a stand-up show by eddie french that's me all about punk rock gender nerddom and all other things where one is told that they are a poser if you'd like to come see it, I'm going to be at Leicester Comedy Festival on Saturday the 24th of February. Grey's at LBC Depot, the Courtyard Room, at 6.20pm. That show is free, but you can get tickets online to avoid disappointment. You can come and see me at Glasgow International Comedy Festival on Sunday the 24th of March at 3.30pm at Van Winkle in the West End. That show is £5 a ticket. And you can also come and see me at Brighton Fringe on Saturday the 18th of May, 3.30pm, Laughing Horse at the Temple Bar, and that show is also free. Really, really hope to see you there. Thank you. And then, you know, one of the most famous ones, Come Out and Play. Yeah keep them separated so i mean i'm guessing you'd heard this one before right yeah this is one of the two in fact the two tracks that i am familiar with are the next two tracks um so come out and play and self-esteem uh i was both i forgot I they put those, those right next to each other didn't they i always forget that yeah it's actually hey since i've learned the word i'm going to use it as well the, the sequencing on this album i actually <laughs> think is pretty good because um, it does what we, I can't remember which album did it. We, we were talking about an album recently. Oh, I think it actually was Let's Go by Rancid, where they hold back some of the good shit until like right at the end. And then yeah. you're like, oh, holy fuck. Like this album is is still actually pretty good, despite being 22 tracks long. Yeah. Um, and I think this is like the midpoint of the album and they put in a pair of bangers right here. Yeah. And then I think towards the end of the album, again, you, you, I think the last like five tracks or something are like really fucking great. <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah, I mean, to say that something to believe in isn't that inspirational 
or doesn't inspire a great deal. That's not to say that it's particularly bad, but no, it's just it's, it's amongst it's such horrendous. good company yeah. that it, it does pale. So one of them has to be the the least fun or the least exciting one. Hmm. And I and I for me it's that uh, that one. And, uh, and it sounds like you uh, you agree. Yeah, definitely. And I think the guitar on this one uh, on "Come Out and Play," hmm. it feels like an embryonic "Pretty Fly for a White Guy." Ding, 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 ding. You yeah. know, like I can feel like I can I can hear where "Pretty Fly" has come from on this track in particular. Yes, yeah, the chord riff definitely. Um, I I think I prefer this one. Yeah, fair. because it feels like "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" is like it's like they're doing "Come Out and Play Again," but they're sort of making it even more like cartoony. Yeah, sure. And and having those sort of, I mean, they're not samples. I mean, I think the "Give It to Me, Baby" bits are samples, but you know. Um, Having the I mean, having the weird voice, or not the weird voice, but the unusual voice, uh, that as in not usual for offspring, voice as a bit of texture and stuff. I don't really have a problem with that at all. It's like you know, having, you know, there's enough rancid songs where like Vic Ruggiero's on the keyboard in the background, you know, mm-hmm. playing playing the organ and stuff. It's like yeah, you just put it in there for texture. It's all good. But yeah, this one and 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 you've got that um, that uh, Middle Eastern scale. Oh yeah, and it's um, and it's really cool. It's about um, it's about gang violence, mm-hmm. and it's sort of and it's not sort of really mawkish or you know, oh, it's not Earth Song by Michael Jackson. You know, it's not this sort of <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's not this cry. It's just this sort of. Uh, so all these lot are at it again, are they? For fuck's sake! And it's and it, there's something really weary about it, which I quite, I quite like. Where it's like, okay, fine. So we're just going to do that, are you? And and also got to keep them separated. Does make it sound like there's like a really exhausted teacher at school. <laughs> if you two don't stop mucking around, I'm going to move you to separate desks. And it's yeah, it's good. But yeah, I um. I think it's uh, really good, but they got into some trouble. Apparently, they uh, it was a claim by uh, Agent Orange um, that they'd uh, stolen the guitar solo from their song "Bloodstains." Oh, yeah. So um, a lot of people say that they weren't. Um, obviously, they're not against it, but yeah, they sued them. And um, the fact did they, did they win? No, oh. um, the va- the Vandals, who at that point were signed to Nitro Records, which was Dexter's record label, released a song in response to this called "Aging Orange." <laughs> just <laughs> slagging them off, just going oh. like, but basically saying they were just trying to get some of that sweet, sweet uh, smash money. I didn't realize the Vandals did a diss track. Oh, most of their songs are. They're just not specifically about bands most of the time. They're about people with mullets or... <laughs> it's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good one. But yeah. yeah, no, I think the the Vandals just thought it was very, very silly to that Agent Orange would sue Offspring. And I think Offspring 
were fans of Agent Orange. I don't know, but um, yes. Yeah, so, but that it, it's just it's just um, very exciting to hear. I think I just really really like it. And then the other big single, the other single they did was "Got to Get Away." That was released as a single. Oh, uh, was it? It was the third single. So they released "Come Out and Play." Then they released the next track, uh, and then they released "Got to Get Away." Uh, clearly, the, they were just like, guys, you can do no wrong. Release another single. Please <laughs> make hay while the sun's shining. Um, and so, yeah, so self-esteem. Yeah, th- th- I think this is my favorite track on the on the album. Oh, wow. Okay. Some great bass here. I, this is where I see a bit more grunge influence here. I, I think this, is, this track in particular is where um, they sound most like pixies to me on this album um with like the 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 bass sounds and guitar sounds alongside each other the way his vocals are on this track in particular sounds a little bit frank black can't explain it but um it's it's there a little bit and um uh yeah I, i really like this one and for some reason and i can't um it reminds me a lot of um some earlier Pennywise stuff as well. Not not specifically this this track. I think this this album in general. It, it's not miles are, away from about. Is it about time? The um. Oh right, yeah. They are contemporaries um, of of Pennywise, so that would make uh, a lot of sense. Yeah, and I yeah I de- I definitely hear that here, or I I think I do. I think yeah, I think self esteem. It's um, that I. I really like that. Apparently, I I did some research on this. Apparently, they were going to have uh, an acoustic guitar playing the riff to begin with. So it was just going to play it on acoustic guitar and then go into the full band. And they were all like, acoustic guitar? I don't know. Is is this the story behind the intro into the song? Yeah. Great, because it, yeah. it is it, it is one of my favourite starts to a track on the record. Yeah, and then uh, and they said, "What are you going to do?" They're like, I don't know. I could sing it. I'm like what? Just go. Like yeah. They're like, all right, fine. So they all got around the um, microphone, <laughs> did it, and then listened to it and went, "Am I the only one who thinks that's quite good?" I thought it was quite good. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Because so, it is uh, great. Yeah, it's very charming. Yeah, absolutely, and. And yeah, and I, I and don't again, know it feels, a bit, feels a bit grungy, you know, like yeah. the, the, the whole like the, the the slacker, never mind sort of attitude of the time. Yeah, because it's it's probably the slowest song. Mm, yeah, like the slowest consistent song uh, on the album. Um, and uh, I know, um, I know, Fat Mike has made fun of this song in the past. <laughs> where he's like, what "The fuck, who?" Take get made a dessert. He's like like really annoyed by it. But apparently, this isn't about uh, this isn't a personal experience song. This is uh, this is just a sort of how some people are about relationships where you're going out with someone who's. I mean, in modern parlance, they'd be described as toxic. Sure. And you know, you just have such low self esteem. That, you know, so it was about several people that he knew just sort of amalgamated into uh, into this. But uh, yeah, big popular sing along thing for the for the gig. It's also a bit of respite because when you've had like you know circle pit speed songs, mm. having something like moshing speed, like mm. pogo speed, must be uh, must be quite a relief. But 
it is really really good There's yeah no two ways about it I, I think it's um because I just had like a little uh, quick listen there, and it's uh I think it's the guitar on it that reminds me of of Pennywise the most. It has a really similar yeah. sound, like very high gain. Yeah. Um. Although they're they're both uh uh Offspring and Pennywise are both Ibanez players. And... Of course, if you did cross Offspring with Pennywise, you would end up with Dexter Fletcher the director of Bohemian Rhapsody. Did Dexter Fletcher direct Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, he did. He was, he, he was, it was Dexter Brian Fletcher Singer. Dexter Fletcher from Press Gang? It was Brian Singer. Uh, right. He was directing it, and then they kicked him off because he's a naughty rapist. Oh, he is. He's one of the naughty rapists. And then they brought in Dexter Fletcher, who had just done, I want to say, Rocket Man? For- I had no idea Dexter Fletcher was doing so well. He yeah, was- because, because um, before Rocket Man, he did the... Proclaimers one, dancing Did he? on leaf, sunshine, sunshine on leaf. On leaf. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no idea that Dexter Fletcher was doing that. I remember he was the he presented Games Master for a, a series when Dominic yeah. Diamond was uh, didn't do it for whatever reason. And and to international listeners, he was his biggest roles are in like Snatch. As yeah, actor. yeah, he's a he's a naughty Cockney geezer type in <laughs> uh, in films and stuff. I'm sure he's more than that clearly, but they were the roles that he got. He's sort of an East End, East End type. Yes, you would get Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> tenuous. <laughs> it is tenuous, but I quite like it. <laughs> Once we finish Self Esteem, we actually get onto one of my favourite songs on this uh, one. It'll be a long time, and I like it because it's it's nice and sh- it's nice and fast, um, and. Um, uh, it's very cynical. I think uh, I think this is another Dead Kennedys influence in the lyric. Mm-hmm. Uh, when will the world listen to reason? I've a feeling it will be a long time. When will the truth come into season? I've a feeling it will be a long time. Mm. Um, uh, and it also does that thing where it just has the uh, just like stabs of guitar and the drum beat going with the singing over the top, which, when deployed properly, I really really like. Yeah, I think this is another good one. Um, I think you know how I said "Come Out and Play" felt like a, uh, an, like a, a prototype of "Pretty Fly." Yeah, uh, this is a little bit more like a prototype of. Um, do you remember "Million Miles Away" by? Oh Spring? yeah, yeah. That yeah. was um, would have been a few years after this, but um, I think that one's on Xnay. I'm not sure though. Hmm. But like, uh, it's really nice to hear this, like, because uh, you can really hear the progression of Offspring in their earlier records, like knowing how they sound now. Yeah, um, I know it's not Americana, I think. Yeah, and, and it's all good stuff. Like, it feels, you know, like um, I feel like they have pulled from. That. Sorry, I've just got. Sorry, I've got. I've just got it completely wrong. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell they are like pulling influence from their earlier work on their later work, but it never feels cheap. Yeah, I it think feels they... earned. They sound like that because that's what they sound like, and that's the kind of music they like making. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a long time. I like this one uh, a lot. Uh, Killboy Powerhead. <laughs> yeah, this is a cover. Is it? It's by the Digits. That makes sense because I think it is one of the more unique sounding songs on here. Like it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't tie in with the rest of the album. Not in a bad way. Like I don't think it sticks out in in an ugly way. No, but it, it doesn't feel 
like it's come from the exact same broth as the yeah, rest I, of the album. I actually felt that the most on these re-listens because I've not listened to Smash in a, in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew I knew that it was a cover because I read the liner notes over and over again because obviously I did. So I did know that it was by another band, but I think that it 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 felt the most different to me on these last few listens and stuff. But yep, good good bit of punk. I mean, Killboy Powerhead. I I don't know what that means, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think you need to know what it means. No, it's <laughs> not. This is not a song designed to impart meaning. It just sounds good. It feels uh, like it. it... It is very because um, I've wrote it down in my notes. Is it has a very trad beat, but I suppose that's just explained by it being a cover of a, a slightly older band. Yeah, you get the ringing on the on the bell of the the ride symbol and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how I've not I've never listened to the original one, so I don't know how faithful they're being. It wouldn't surprise me if they were being pretty faithful, but with their own production, their own like guitar sound yeah. and stuff like that um fine and again it's funny because they put that on there and the digits must have been delighted that it blew up because all of a sudden they're getting a little bit of you know yeah platinum selling album money off the back of it without even thinking that that would be the case they're just you know no one was expecting this to sell the amount that it did um so that's a nice little nice little uh, footnote for the digits there um, I mean, we come on to number eleven, probably the the best and most well respected song on this album. Oh, really? No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, when I say offspring, you say Scar. Offspring, offspring. <laughs> They're not. I don't know why. Offspring have done, to my knowledge, precisely two Scar songs, and this is one of them. What happened to you? Can I have? Can I do a hot take? Go on. I think this is great. Really? I think this is brilliant, yeah. Wow. And this is like this is really, really good punk scar to me. Like th- this is um, you know, not as good, but this is within the same vibes as all out angst. I love it. It's tight. Maybe it's tight. It's, it's, it's not it's not too it's not too long. It's better than the one on the next album. Uh, don't pick it up. Sure. In fact, they've put their Scar song in pretty much the same position on the next album. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it is odd position for the Scar track to be. I will definitely it, concede that. It doesn't convince... I'm not convinced. Uh, Do you know- although, it is notable for the only guitar solo on the album. Oh, how interesting. I am... Um, it's, it's, I mean, I was about to say I have a theory. It's not a theory, but like, um, I feel like the, the last five songs on this album, so from Killboy Powerhead to uh-huh. the end of the album, it feels like they've just added like a five song EP onto <laughs> the recording sessions of another album. Because up until Killboy, it, it all sounds very. Um, like it, it makes sense that a lot of the songs are together, but then right. the final five feel like they're kind of in their own thing slightly, but but also in Maybe. a good way because these are some of my favorite tracks on the album, and I really like it when an album has like a final burst of of, of good songs towards the end. 
Yes, I mean, you've said in the past you would quite happily turn off War on Errorism once track <laughs> seven had finished. Um, yeah, no one needs Anarchy Camp. <laughs> but, no one needs it, but there's stuff <laughs> after there. There's some great idiots are taking overs after that. Anyway. Oh, is it? I think so. Oh, hey, if, if well, idiots look, look, after talk- that, then, then I, I retract about, my statement. We're, we're talking about Offspring today, so we'll we'll worry <laughs> about knowing all of that stuff later. But um, yeah, what happened to you? I don't know. Also, the hey doesn't convince me either. The, the backing <laughs> vocals, I think, are there with something to believe in. Fair. For my money. Um, I don't... Do, do you know what? I, I don't actually skip it, but I do sort of... Uh, I look up from my writing desk and, uh, and, and raise an eyebrow and then go back uh, when I hear it. <laughs> Next, we've got the shortest song on the album. Yeah. So Alone. Which I think of as So Alone. I was just going to say, it's got the, the the Led Zeppelin, whole it's lot of love sort of... Slide thing on there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the main thing that I can remember. Like, I don't dislike it, but I can only think... I, I can't remember the rest of the song. I can only hear, So Alone. So alone. (laughs) Um, So fine, fine. It doesn't, you know. I'm glad it's there. That's fine. Uh, Look, so many songs on so many albums pass you by without even having a hook. So it's got a hook, absolutely, and it's less than a minute and a half long. So I'm not gonna, not gonna get upset with it. Hello, everyone. Eddie here. Red and I hope you're enjoying our show. If you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily, then you can donate to us at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash punk rock elite, or you can look in the show notes for our link tree. If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the word to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show. So then we've got the penultimate song, Not The One. Yeah. I don't think I have anything specific to say. You know, it's it's a good song. I enjoy it very much. Yeah. Um, similar to how you felt with the last track, you know, when you were like, I don't really remember much about it other than the So Alone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember the, the hook from this, but every time that I, I put it on, I'm like, oh yeah, good track. Yeah, it's um, it's it's another bass-led one. It's got that sort of palm-muted bass. That kind of vibe, which uh, which is sort of atmospheric and, uh, and pretty fun. It's got a lovely pick slide on it. Pick yeah. scrape on that is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it also finishes... Um, it finishes with Dexter like shouting over the drums at the end with everything else falling out, which sounds really, really good. But yeah, it's um it's it's a nice little bit of um the world is shit, but don't get upset with me because I'm not the one who did all of these things. And it's it's very it's very effective, I think. I like it. Hmm. Yeah. But then we get to this might be my favourite song on here. Ah, I um, it's one of definitely, um, but yeah, smash. 
the title track. Um, it could open this album. It could do. It could open the album. You're right. It's um, an odd choice for it to be here, I think. But um, not a, not a bad choice. An odd no, choice. but I, I, I sometimes question that as well. So as it keeps you hanging on. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, because you don't want to miss it because it is a banger. And it... And it's and it's a very very punk, very American punk sort of thing, isn't it? Talking yeah. about how how little you want to be a part of what's going on, all that kind of stuff. It's you know it feels very, and it could so easily be like really cringe. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that if I were to watch Offspring perform it now it might feel that way a little bit but some people singing this when they're in their you know 20s i get it i think and i and yeah. i really i really really liked it i mean it does it does feature the line i'm not a trendy asshole yeah and but and, i think it totally works because when i first heard this i uh <laughs> I misheard the chorus. Oh, yes. And um, to me, on a first listen, um, content warning transphobia. um, (laughs) Okay. I thought they were singing, I'm not a tranny asshole. (laughs) 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 And I I was just like, nah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not that. I'll Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. But that was what I heard the first time I listened to Smash. <laughs> oh god. Um no, I would have no, I'd have I'd have probably given you a bit of a warning. Uh, actually, if that was the case, if the title track was that, I'd have said no. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, absolutely. I'd have probably mentioned the outrageously transphobic offspring. <laughs> However, um. <laughs> I don't know what their gender politics are, so we'll just leave it at that and assume they seem like nice guys. They seem honest. nice enough, don't they? You know, it's um, I'm not going to uh, make any negative assumptions. No, I'm not a trendy asshole, and um, uh, and I also like that a very busy riff thing going on, and it's got that um lovely uh sort of breakdown bit not a breakdown in the sense of that don't at me metal guys but um <laughs> it has that sort of instrumentally bit and then it comes back in again for it and i i, I think it's just really great i remember certainly as a teenager i found it a hugely cathartic piece of music and so it'll, I, it'll be wrapped up in that for me i think this album is musically more interesting than it has like any, any right to be i think that mm. there's like it there's a secret complexity to this album like it has been well written and incredibly yeah. well produced and i would imagine that's what's set it um heads and shoulders above other similar releases at the time i think so and i think um i don't <sighs> I think I've listened to the first Offspring album once and I can sure. remember virtually nothing. Ignition I've listened to a couple of times and I don't really remember. I remember um, the song Baghdad a bit. But I think that 
they didn't sound a million miles away from this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't sound a million miles away from from Smash. I just think they got so much better yeah. at the stuff, at the songwriting and all the rest of it. So, oh, they had a song called LAPD as well, which has the N-word in it. Um, <laughs> it's it, from the perspective of a of a uh, uh, a bad LAPD cop, but equally, I mean, it was 1992, so I'm not going to get. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was it's a one different of the, time. I I totally understand where they were coming from. I'm just like, I I don't know if we're there yet, nor will we ever be. But that's beside the point. <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, but I think. Uh, and then, and then, smash a, a beautiful highlight is then um, immediately followed. You can still hear the cymbal ringing with, "Well, that was nice. I hope you've relaxed. <laughs> relax, relax." <laughs> Fine, whatever. It, it does feel a bit like they couldn't decide on what to do for the secret track here, because they there's do kind one immediately. of three addendums to the track. Well, there's there's the spoken word bit, and then there's the genocide reprise, which yeah. sounds like change the world. And then, yeah, that ends according to Wikipedia. That ends at four oh nine, followed by silence until nine minutes, where they play the hidden track, uh, come out to play, come out and play sort of acoustic version. Yeah, it's like it's like they it, it plays more around that. Um... The, the the scale you were talking about yeah earlier. yeah the the middle eastern sounding scale riff mm. yeah um i mean it's not it's fine but i sort of i don't know i don't it's it seems unnecessary when they've made such a good album it's do you know what it is i think it's because people were like this is a real cd thing to do yeah cuz cassettes don't feature this kind of thing they might have unlisted tracks but not these sort of hidden secret tracks like you've got um endless nameless on nevermind yeah after something in the way the batman song for those of us joining uh joining us late um <laughs> uh and then uh and then you've got a bit of science and then you've got endless nameless and i think it's because you could fit however long on a cd and people were like we've only got half hour that seems like a waste of time so they were just like well we've got more time to fill on this cd do you wanna Mm -hmm. and it's like because you know the prior to that you're like one of the best one of the best pieces of thrash that you can listen to for my to, to my ears is uh rain in blood by slayer sure now that is less than half an hour in total for that whole album. And when they released it on cassettes, they just put it on both sides. So you just turn <laughs> the tape over and start the album again. No need to rewind. The unrewindable tape. Um, and that's brilliant. But would they have been tempted to turn that little 20-something minute slab of of beauty into something that was actually 30 38 minutes long but it had a little secret riff at the end of it i don't know it's it's a really 90s thing to do and uh like china drum do it on uh goose fair they do it with a a cover of 
Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. And I love that song. Their, their version of it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like sitting around waiting or fast forwarding on the CD player, then having to stop when you hear the song start and then rewind. It's for any of young people listening. It, it used to be so hard living in the 90s. Um, so, <laughs> so there you go. Get no sympathy from you lot, I'm sure. So um, what are your final thoughts on uh, on Smash Red? Yeah, good album. Really glad I listened to it um, because it is one that's passed me by. Um, I think it's, re- it's really interesting to see where bands are at at this period. Yeah. Um, and I think Offspring are on a huge upswing. Like, cause I'm... You know, I think I'm similar to you in that we don't love their more uh, when they sort of start hitting more mainstream success. Um, But like this is a really good uh, punk album. I wouldn't call it a hardcore album, but there are there are hardcore influences. Yeah. Um, But this is really, really solid early 90s pop punk. Absolutely. Um, I think... uh... I think it's a very interesting thing, which is sort of around this time, Epitaph, 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Punk and Droblet comes out, and Out Come the Wolves comes out. Mm-hmm. Smash comes out. Yeah. Pennywise release About Time. Yeah. In 1995. All those other ones were 94. Uh, Bad Religion released Stranger Than Fiction around 1994, I think. Uh yeah, it, yeah, yeah, because I, I um, almost suggested that for this episode. They weren't on Epitaph at the time. They were on um, Atlantic. Yeah. But they were still considered a part of that thing. Obviously, they were. And Epitaph is a bad religion uh, connected band. Cause I don't, uh, yeah. So, so those are like five bands releasing five. You know, imagine that in 1994 and you're a fan of. But just let's just take those three that were released in 94 that were on Epitaph. And out come the wolves, Punk in Droblick, and Smash. You've already got Dookie as well, you know, uh, elsewhere from coming out of Warner Brothers. But those three albums don't sound like each other. No. It's like you've got a really broad spectrum of what US punk was offering at the time. Mm. And it's not even a full picture. No. You know. So it's sort of, you know, the year punk broke, it's sort of a really rich thing. It's um, it, it's a very, very exciting sort of period. So uh, I think probably next time we do one of these, I think we should probably do About Time. Oh, that's a great shout. I think, uh, yeah, because that was, yeah. And so I, I, now that is one that I do have on CD. Oh, you do! Oh, wow! Excellent. Um, so, yeah. So, I think uh, I think that would probably be a good idea because they are all um, what do you call it? They are uh, contemporaries yes. of all of these things. Well, I think that we need to have a conversation about how we do Bad Religion because, like, they go way, way back. I think eighty two is their first album. Some of them, and... yeah. I don't know. It feels like we're shortchanging people if we just jump in the middle. I was just looking at 1994, 95 as that era yeah. of what was going on. Obviously, I want to do Suffer because that's my favourite one. Mm-hmm. But that was like 80, late 80s. 
and I know that we didn't do and out come the wolves, but that's because we're we're teasing little naughties. That's what we are. But uh, I just thought <laughs> I thought the year punk broke would be a good a good look. Yeah, around. sure. So that was Smash. Um, if you've not listened to it, I recommend it. It's good if you like if you like rock music from the nineties, or you know, then it's it's definitely worth it. Definitely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you, Red. We'll uh, see you all on the outro. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, I think we kept that separated, don't you? You know what I think we did? Go on. I think we smashed that. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, incredible stuff. We did. Uh, Yeah, uh, it's just a good record, that, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No two ways about it. It's... uh... And it doesn't sound very much like no effects either. And I think it's good to remind ourselves of uh, the two genders of punk. <laughs> but, you <laughs> sure. know, lots of different styles going on. And that's uh, and that's an exciting thing. So let us know what you think about Smash by Offspring or indeed Offspring as a whole. Uh, Offspring, The Offspring. I know they changed it at some point and I can't remember which. They, I think they were still The Offspring when Smash was released. I may be wrong on that. Um, I honestly don't know. I know their Instagram handle is at Offspring, so, but yeah. it it's not like you're not going to know who we're talking about. So, <laughs> I think we'll be okay. It's not, you know, it's no uh, no massive trademark infringement. Um, speaking of which, uh, the Mustard, the lovely band, the Mustard, not the comfy oh, yeah. Mustard, uh, the real one. They are now called Blagged. So look out for a Manchester-based band called Blagged. Ah because that's who they are now, and the Guildford mustard will now be known as the Cunty Mustard. Trademark. So, um, <laughs> so yes, it's a shame that the good people had to uh, go without, but such is life. Big love to them. Uh, I'll be seeing them in a week or two at the Underground in Bradford, along with uh, friends of the show Zero Cost. So Wonderful. That's an exciting, that's going to be an exciting evening. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm wondering, should we should we drop another hint? Well, I actually think that we can drop an announcement because I've had a confirmation in the last couple of days. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can announce to our lovely listeners yeah. that Punk Rock Elite will be doing a, uh, a live performance, a live recording of Punk Rock Elite at Manchester Punk Festival in April. No, Ma- March. Yes. It's usually in April, but it's in March this year. It is in March, yes. Uh, so, yes, it's the last weekend in March. Um, yes, so on the Punk Rock Elite comedy stage, patent pending. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still going for it, but yeah. So that's it. We are going to do a live. So if you want to come and see us live, if you are the sort of good person who listens to our outros, you yes. get to hear about this first. We'll mention it in the intro next week. Yeah. But you get to hear about it now because uh, we like your style more than those, uh, more than the, the ones who hear the sting at the end of the main body of the episode and then, and then immediately switch on to off menu. Well, it's like it's like it's your vegetables, isn't it? The mm. outro, you know, you've had you've had your your meat and, and potatoes. Now you have to you gobble down your, your broccoli, you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So because you've got your broccoli, we've put some sugar on it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I fucking love broccoli, so I always eat that first. Don't take dietary advice from me. Um, That's not the way to live your life. So, yes, we're going to be doing that. 
So um, no idea what we're going to do for it. Um, no, no, no ideas yet. Um, you know, I think I think Midlife Punk Podcast are uh, doing it as well. Oh, are they? Oh, I brilliant! I think they're doing a live one too. So um, uh, I think they are. Anyway, I, I don't quote me on that, but I think uh, I think they're going to be. So they, but they don't know what they're going to be doing yet, um, and uh, neither do we. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll have to work on something though. So yes, get your tickets. Come and see us at Sandbar. Which day do we know? I actually don't know which day the podcasts are on. Fair enough. But um, it'll be the Saturday or the Sunday before the There comedy. you go. And it'll be in the afternoon before yeah. the, the main slew of bands is on. So uh, you can come and uh, hang out with us. We will we'll have gifts. So we that'll will. be exciting. Cool. Nice one. There was another announcement, which I thought we could hint at as well, to be honest, but they've already had one. So we'll save that for another week. Ooh, tease them. Yeah, yeah. So there's 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 more. We've got stuff. Stuff is happening, guys. Stuff is happening. <laughs> Thank you ever so much, Red. Pleasure as always. Thank you, Eddie. Nice one. We will see you next time. If you have anything you want to say or, or anything, then punkrockelitepodcast.gmail.com or drop us a comment on Insta and we will sort you out. We'll hook you up. So uh, take care, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a Pick Scrapes and Fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you.